Hang on, Plus listeners. If you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. There's more exposition than expedition in this movie. Yes! (laughs) You're real proud of yourself for that. Thank you. You know what? I'm proud of you too. Thank you. episode of Plus, a gay rom through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband Clancy. And over there is my husband Josh. And this is another episode of Plus, a mischief media podcast. Yeah. I mean, spring is springing, con season is coming up, mischiefmanagement.com to check out all the events. And if you want to get your swag for the events before the events start happening... Where should they go to get that, Clancy? Oh, they can go to mischiefmerch.com. Yes, and you can get all sorts of lovely geekery to wear and show off at LeakyCon, Con of Thrones. Broadway Con as well. Yeah. Anyway, point is mischiefmanagement.com, mischiefmedia.com, mischiefmerch.com. These are all great websites to visit. Mischiefmanagement.com. There you go. Yeah. Um, as always, our research comes from Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Box Office Mojo, and this time we added in some Disney.fandom.com. Yeah. Clancy, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week we are talking about Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Yes. Released June 3rd, 2001, running a brisk 96 minutes, directed by Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise. It didn't feel brisk. <laughs> I, mean, I got halfway through it and I was like, I mean, 90 ish minutes is, you know, that's, that, that's sometimes an episode and change of the Mandalorian. So that, it's not a whole lot of time. Uh, that's true. But they did try to put too much into this 96 minutes. I'll give you that. Who wrote it, Clancy? <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, Kirk well, Wise, Gary Truesdale, uh, Joss Whedon, that's familiar, Bryce Zabel, Jackie Zabel, and Tab Murphy. Those are some names. Yeah. The only one we really recognize is Joss Whedon, and we're not going to waste uh, too much time on that. Yeah. Um, The cast, Michael J. Fox as Milo Thatch. James Garner as Commander Lyle Tiberius Rourke. Cree Summer as Kida. Uh, Natalie Storm provides the voice for young Kida, oh. and then Summer also voices the Queen of Atlantis at the beginning. 
Oh, nice. she's a big voice actor. I like her. I've she. You've heard her on Rugrats. You've oh, heard yeah. her on X Men Evolution, the video I, game. I was gonna say it sounded very familiar. Yeah. Next, we have Don Novello as Vinny. Yes, he was the the father, the Italian father in S on SNL in like the seventies and eighties. This is the father Guido Sarducci, man in the street. I'm here in New York, New York, Manhattan, Manhattan, where I get to ask some questions from people riding their cars by. We have to wait, you know, till they come, I guess, but they're going to be here, no doubt about it, always. Traffic is something you could count on here in Manhattan, Manhattan. Won't be long, I hope. Here they come, here they come. Oh, there they go. Okay. It's, that reference is far too it young, and too, I, for, I can't yeah. even remember the guy's name, but he would cameo on, like, Married with Children and other sitcoms. Fair enough. Anyway, um, Phil Morris is Dr. Joshua Sweet. Good Lord. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a minute. Mm. Uh, Claudia Christian as Lieutenant Helga Sinclair. Jacqueline Obrador as Audrey. Florence Stanley as Wilhelmina. David Ogden Steers as Fenton Q. Harcourt. John Mahoney as Preston B. Whitmore. Jim Varney as Cookie. And this was actually his last film. He passed away. Well, it was in post. Yeah, he didn't get to see the final cut, but he did get to see some of it. I read a thing about That's that. Good. So he got to see some of the work that he did. He passed from lung yeah. cancer. Yeah. Ugh. He was also Slinky Dog in Toy Story. Yeah. And for all of us who are older than Clancy, he was Ernest in all the Ernest movies. <laughs> like Ernest goes to college and Ernest Is that what? does Dallas. I don't know. No. No. <laughs> Corey Burton as Mole. And then um, we finish off with Leonard Nimoy as the King of Atlantis. I didn't realize that was him. <laughs> well, you only he's only got like 10 lines. Bless him. Before we get started, yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't seen this came out when I was a going into my senior year of high school. Yeah. Pretty- so I was, well, I was just about to, no, I was working at old Navy at the time. Yeah. Probably driving my 96 Mustang. Let's see. So I would have been in looking all cherubic. Why do you do this every time? Point is you didn't see it. Ninth grade. Yeah. No, I did. I did see it. You did. I have seen this before in theaters though. Uh, not in theaters, oh. but on VHS. Many oh, times. We yeah. owned the VHS. Well, uh, so yeah. No, I hadn't seen it. And um, it's one that uh, I know people are going to be like, oh, John, you know this Atlantis? Um, no, I didn't. I just told you why. I was a junior in high school and I was working at Old Navy. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I, to do. I really, I remember the first part of this movie, but the rest of it tuned out. I don't know if it's just one of those that's just. Yeah. I started to lose interest. Oh, we're going to make some of our friends mad. I think yeah. I started to lose interest partway through and I. I, I think I had higher hopes going into this because so many people have have had that reaction when I, talk, I haven't seen this yeah. or like, you know, it's the hidden gem and people. And I think that there are, there are things that are here that work, but in this version of it, uh, yeah, I'm and not it, impressed. And there's, well, there's some stuff in the trivia that we'll talk about a bit later, but like there was some changes that sure. were made and I don't know if there's a lot more going on underneath here. But <sighs> anyways. All right, here we go. All right. In 6800 BC, an explosion sent a tsunami towards the city of Atlantis. The queen is lifted up into and merges with a floating crystal, creating a productive dome over the city's innermost district, which sank beneath the waves. Flash forward to 1914, Milo James Thatch is a Smithsonian institution linguist inspired by his grandfather to find the lost continent of Atlantis. 
Milo attempts to convince several of the top people of the Smithsonian to fund an expedition, but almost all of them think he's crazy. Coming home one evening, Milo meets Helga Sinclair, who escorts him to the home of eccentric millionaire Preston B. Whitmore. Whitmore reveals that he made a bet with Milo's grandfather to fund an expedition to Atlantis and gives Milo the Shepherd's Journal, a book describing the history and path to Atlantis. Milo accepts Whitmore's offer to guide the expedition, joining Commander Rourke and Helga, demolitions expert Vinny, geologist Moliere, or Mole, medical officer Dr. Sweet, Mechanic Audrey, radio operator Mrs. Packard, Chef Cookie, and a regiment of soldiers. There's a lot that happens in the first 15 minutes of this movie. There really is. And I and I honestly was kind of like, hey, this is good. We're getting to the meat of you know, the we're getting to the meat of, of it. We're just It we're, felt like it was off to a good start. It starts to slow down shortly after this. Yeah, it really does. What's interesting though is we open with this Plato quote in a single day and night of misfortune. In a single day and night of misfortune, the island of Atlantis disappeared in the depths of the sea or something to that effect. Sure. It's from a larger piece. I looked it up by Plato called Timaeus Critias. Critias? Timaeus Critias. Anyway, it's the quotes legit. Are you saying clitoris? I'm not saying clitoris. Okay, got it. Never mind. I'm saying Critias. C-R-I-T-I-A-S. And let's be honest, this crew of men <laughs> couldn't find the clitoris if they went looking for it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I will say, though, too much exposition. We yeah, get exposition twice. We get we an exposition do. from the prologue. We get an exposition from Milo. And then we get even more exposition when we get to Whitmore's house. Yeah. Now, based on a centuries-old translation of a Norse text, historians have believed the journal resides in Ireland. But after... Comparing the text to the runes on this Viking shield, I found that, that one of the letters had been mistranslated. So, uh, by changing this letter and inserting the correct one, we find that the Shepherd's Journal, the key to Atlantis, lies not in Ireland, gentlemen, but in Iceland. <sighs> Pause for effect. I do love the the flashback with the photo, how it kind of turns into a silent film. A little bit, yeah. Even if his grandfather's helmet does look like Darth Vader's helmet. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a weird. Well, and it was also in this, like, shrine that was had lit candles in it, like, right underneath the helmet. Yeah. It was like, you are starting a fire. That's what's happening right, right now. I think he's just maybe has some unhealthy attachment to the memory of his grandfather and Perhaps needs to find his own path, but that's not really the story that that's ends up not being really told. The story. Uh, Although one could argue that's that's a story worth telling. The beginning of this, I don't know. It just it really kind of just felt like it was a lot at the beginning, and then we literally lost everything. It the was. moment that we left. And what's interesting, we'll talk about it a little bit in the trivia. There was a different prologue initially. Yeah. It got swapped out for this one. And the issue at the time was that, you know, we didn't get to the Atlanteans fast enough. And I'm even when we get to them here, we still don't see them for another 40 minutes. No. And honestly, like to that point, like if you watch the road to El Dorado, which is a better movie, it doesn't have to show El Dorado until they get to it. Yeah. And then we get to meet the characters and we have no problem identifying with those characters. Right. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. The problem wasn't the prologue. No, the problem was how long it took them to get to Atlantis. They focused on the wrong problem. They really did. Um, Anyways, that said, I love how good 2D animation looks when it's been, you know, upscaled, upmastered, whatever. Yeah. And on a big TV, like it looks like we're watching drawings move in a way that even even watching them originally as as rendered, it's not as 
Like this feels more uh, tactile. A little bit, yeah. Almost like the new Ninja Turtles trailer. Oh, which man. is like the extreme of it, what that it, is. It looks so good. Um, I feel like we've come back around, generally speaking, to faking hand-drawn animation. Yeah, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. Like, you know, there there was a moment where like you were able to kind of do that within Photoshop, and and, and it's worth mentioning because easily. there are some three D techniques that are used in this film that oh, yeah. are gorgeous. Yeah. I, ju- I just but, think that they were wasted on. But that's the thing film. is, I mean, we're talking about Disney animation. They 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 know what they're doing. Well, this yes. is a great. And they pioneered looking, a lot of this stuff. Yes, 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 yes. This is great looking film. Absolutely. I just wish they had better writers. But anyways. Yes. Uh, well, and even tonally, like first it's first it's kind of Jules Verne, and then it becomes for five seconds a noir when yeah. um, Helga's in his apartment. Milo James. How, how did you get in here? I came down the chimney. Ho, ho, ho. My name is Helga Sinclair. I'm acting on behalf of my employer, who has a most intriguing proposition for you. Are you interested? Your, your, your employer? <laughs> who is your employer? And then it's back to being Jules Verne again, when Whitmore, I hear that name and I think, lost i was like oh no is this charles whitmore's grandfather are they gonna buy an island is there a connection here (laughs) oh will we actually get an answer to the smoke monster who knows i not having seen the movie i'm waiting to be introduced to the villain yeah and i start to think it's whitmore because he's got you know ivory tusks bigger than he is on either side of his fireplace and he's got an assistant helga who is menacing right yeah i I mean i will say that like michael J j fox is a goober it feels like it he was works. having a fun time with the character, and I liked that. And maybe that's what a, a lot of people connect with is because Michael J. Fox really what like Milo is not the problem of this film. No, it's not. I wouldn't even say that any of the individual characters are the problem of this film. No, it's just the journey. That's the biggest problem with yeah. it. Was just it's it's clunky. It doesn't feel like we get to places on time, and then when we do get there, we're doing these weird sides that are yeah. just not really necessary. Yeah. I, again, like we'll, we get it. They don't like Milo. Something else is happening here. They keep, they have to find new ways to layer that on. And then they create new scenarios in which that has to happen. There's yeah. just so many layers here and so many montages. There really is. And I mean, like, you know, and we don't get an Elton John song while we, you know, go through the forest. So like, you know, it's. I don't think that happens as often as your joke implies. I know. I know. But wishful thinking. Yeah. But I will say that Helga, even though she, we know that she's been like, it's like, I know that's the villain, but. mm. But she's not even really the villain. No, she's not. She's just kind of. And I mean, spoiler alert, she gets kind of shafted in the end, but like. Yeah. uh, Literally. But anyways, I thought she was great. Mr. Whitmore doing yoga just with his cock and balls in the er is way too much. Grandpa? Finest explorer I ever met. Preston Whitmore. Pleasure to meet you, Milo. Join me in a little yoga? Uh, No, no. Thank you. Did you really know my grandfather? Oh, yeah. Middle fattiest back in Georgetown. Class of 66. We stayed close friends till the end of his days. Dragged me along on some of his dang fool expeditions. That's as crazy as a fruit fat he was. Spoke of you often. Funny, he never mentioned you. I know they would never show up, but I wish they had done some foley for it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just some light, fleshy plopping. <laughs> oh my god! Just as you know, his whole meat and potatoes flopped upside and down. Hole against is his, in the air. Yeah, yeah. Like and maybe, know, maybe just a little bit of a. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's got to be yoga loosens you up. You know, there's got to be some tumbler in God rest its soul. Any release is good release. Is is gonna have somebody that's moved the camera in that scene uh, to show that. I think we should refoliate. it. <laughs> just, just that sounds like a fun side project. Wet fish, just. just. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! We got to get back to this. So they're loading up the submarine. Yeah. Carrots. Why is there always carrots? I didn't even eat carrots. Attention, all hands to the launch bay. To whoever took the L from the motor pool sign, ha ha, we are all very amused. There's a lot of poop jokes in this movie. There's so many poop jokes in this movie, and that's the first one. Yeah. Like, it just, it all, it's all downhill from there, re-poop jokes. Yeah. I wish that we would have seen where, where Mr. Whitmore's money came from. Seems like he's got a lot of money. To throw at something uh, like this. I mean, it's 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 1914, so World War I. There's all this exploratory stuff on his wall. You have to imagine uh, he's just one of those rich, eccentric explorers who probably got their money from questionable means. And if you dig too much beneath the surface of the context, you're not going to like any of it. Because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's they get to it later, which is probably why audiences were a little uncomfortable with, with this movie. But, you know. Ultimately, everything on that man's wall was stolen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, presumably, people have paid him to yeah. I acquire also, things. I also worry about where Milo's cat is because, like, disappears after disappears. this. It's a joke that's like just thrown in. And I don't know if maybe the writers were just trying to put like it felt like did there the were a cat bunch die because it went into the sub. Yeah, and we didn't see the cat again. I would have loved for it to have popped up at the last minute. Exactly. Uh, but, but again, y'all, I can't get behind this movie. No. Where's the cat go? Where Save does, the cat. Where does the cat go? But yeah, the, uh, uh, cookie, one of my favorite characters, Yeah, just a- absolutely delightful. And like, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, uh, it's voiced by Jim Varney as we, Jim Varney. Yeah, as we mentioned and he's got a different perspective on on general nutrition yes what is this that would be lettuce 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 it's a vegetable cookie the men need the four basic food groups I got you four basic food groups beans bacon whiskey and lard all right cowboy pack it up and move it out and I'm on board except for the beans. I can only tolerate beans so <laughs> Josh much. does not like beans. I it's like beans. It's not that I don't like beans. I like certain beans and I like them in moderation. Yeah. But he's not a bean baby. I'm not a bean baby. <laughs> it's a big crew for an expedition. So there's your first clue that something's up. Yeah. But also like this scene and as everything's loading into the sub and it's diving and all of that, it's gorgeous. And I kind of am bummed. I didn't get to see it on a big screen. Yeah, no, the 3d was pretty great. And then like, as they're going through the water and like, you know, the little like robotic Kraken or whatever we want to call it. We'll get there. Um, the Leviathan. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Super imagine cute. how big Mrs. Packard's ample bosom would look <laughs> on the big screen. Oh my God. They, they were she, chunkers. She is proto Roz from monsters. Inc. Oh yeah. That's that. She, yeah. Like, <laughs> No, that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah. And I love her. Like, I love this character archetype. I love the old lady switchboard operator who's always got her own agenda and it's benign. And her agenda is to have a conversation with her friend the whole time. Oh my 
God. You know what I mean? So I says to him, what's wrong with my meatloaf? And he says to me, oh, hold on a second, Margie. I got another call. Sir, we're approaching coordinates. Hello, Margie? Yes, so anyway. All right, let's have a look around. I sir. It was delightful. Like, yes, that was really, she was a, a ray of sunshine. Yes. In the movie. Like, because every time it cut to her, it was always a good line and always a good, like, you know, break. But yeah, again, there, there's still so many other problems, except for when we made this big hunk of a man named Ooh, Sweet. Dr. Joshua. Sweet can give me a physical anytime. Dr. Sweet is welcome to crack my neck. Yes. Dr. Sweet is welcome. <laughs> Do- Dr. Sweet, my face is available. I will avoid all <laughs> apples if it means I have to see Dr. Sweet. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, uh, well, that's all I have for that's this That's same. Just, just being wet about Dr. Sweet I in mean, my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Does it really say wet? Uh, let's move on to part two. <laughs> the expedition takes them to the waters off the coast of Iceland, where a giant sub takes them to the ocean floor. Milo cautions the crew that something known as the Leviathan may be guarding the entrance to Atlantis. It's actually a giant sea creature. The Leviathan attacks and ends up destroying the sub and most of the paramilitary crew. Milo and the remaining crew follow the journal, coming to a dormant volcano and eventually arriving in Atlantis. After a firefly attack destroys the camp, the expedition meets and is saved by the still young Princess Kida. She brings them into Atlantis and against her father's wishes, Kida enlists Milo to help Atlantis regain its glory as its culture and knowledge have been decaying for centuries. Milo learns that a huge crystal, the heart of Atlantis, gives the people longevity and once powered their devices via smaller crystals they all wear. The travel montage is cute, but there's too much of it. Yeah, there really is. Like, it it really nails home the Jules Verne vibe, but all of that gets abandoned the minute they get to Atlantis and the visuals have to shift from sort of, you know, steampunky melodrama exploration. Yeah, We have this really cool ship, which I mean... Maybe it was just very expensive to animate this ship or something like that. And so they're like, we're getting rid of the ship um, because the ship goes away almost immediately. Is it just me or is that getting louder? Oh, well, whatever it was, it's gone now. Helmsman, bring us about. Tighten our search pattern and slow it. I want this lobster served up on a silver platter. Load the torpedo bays, subplot crews, battle stations. They get attacked yeah. by the, the Leviathan. It gets split in half. Um, well, there goes most of the crew. There was like 200 people on that. Like they say, there yeah. were 200 people on that. And this is all that's left. And I counted and there's like 15, 20. Seven hours ago, we started this expedition with 200 of the finest men and women I've ever known. We're all that's left. I won't sugarcoat it, gentlemen. We have a crisis on our hands. But we've been up this particular creek before, and we've always come through, paddle or no paddle. I see no reason to change that policy now. From here on in, everyone pulls double duty. Everyone drives. Everyone works. Yeah, and it just makes me wonder (laughs) if any of that was absolutely necessary. Yeah, it really didn't make any sense there. Like, again, it was like, why... Why because even we, in all of their skate pods, they managed to get all their equipment. So why did they yeah, need all of that? To they begin got with? like the drill, every everything that they needed. But they maybe still it was had. just to kind of paint the picture that something other is going on here. I guess, and that Milo's too tunnel vision focused to 
realize look at the world around on. him and understand yeah. that Atlantis would just get exploited. Yada, yada. Maybe that's what he's trying to, again, I can't, I'm not a hundred percent certain of Milo's journey here, except that he finds the thing he wants and ends up staying there. I mean, it, effectively. Yeah. He's not particularly changed. I mean, I guess he does stick up for himself and he faces Rourke directly, but I feel like he, he would have done an arc. He doesn't no, really no, no. have an arc. So he yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But like, eh, again, it just it doesn't There's make no any progression. Sense. It's a lot of set dressing. It, it is, and it's, it's pretty. We're exploring this thing, the cruise addict to Milo. We're exploring this thing, the cruise addict to Milo. We're exploring this thing. It's nitroglycerin. Don't move. Uh, don't breathe. Don't do anything uh, except pray. Maybe. Boom! <laughs> Wrap it up. Get to the point. Because right. cut by the time we actually get there, it's like, oh, right. There's people in Atlantis. <laughs> and, and I would have preferred it to be, I mean, and like, as this is happening, you're seeing like the Atlanteans, like kind of like scurrying around in, in the foreground and yes. background. Looking far more agile and capable than they appear later in the film. Oh my God. Yeah. What, what the fuck happened? Like they were all, they were fucking parkouring through these, these caves. And then suddenly With giant masks on. Yeah. <laughs> but suddenly they're all just. Farmers and fishers and agrarian kind of, oh, we're simple folk. And then can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other the other thing with the pacing is just we could have gotten to Atlantis a lot earlier. We really could have. And it could have been more of a mystery as to what Atlantis was and then build that story out. Yes. I just the fact Give that Milo they, a bigger reason to care. Right. Give Milo a reason to continue to like follow the orders of this guy. And that, make the turn better. That makes me sound a little insensitive. Milo is, after all, speaking up against the annihilation of an entire society. Fair enough. Yes. So, yes, yes. I mean, that is plenty to care about. <laughs> sure. But it's it's all academic until it isn't. There's no it's a it's a light switch. It's not an arc. You know what I mean? It's on and then off or off and on. Um, I like when uh, what, what's the uh, what's the communications person? Mrs. Packard. Mrs. Packard. When she's saying that. She sleeps in the nude. Oh, yes. And everybody gets a blindfold as a result. <laughs> anyway, I'm saving up so my puppy and I can open another shop. Forget your jammies, Mrs. Packard. I sleep in the nude. You're going to want a pair of these. She sleepwalks. You just, I mean, again, ample bosom. If she's ample sleeping bosom. in the nude, she, she's a trip hazard. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I had to say it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! But I, this is where I had the note: Is this the first Disney cartoon where pooping is a plot point? Because Milo goes Sorry, out. Pooping is a plot point. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Milo goes out with toilet paper on a shovel, and it's just like he and he drops trout. It's like this. This cartoon is directly like now. It's not even just a joke. Like this character is about to poop, and all hell's gonna break loose. But it's almost kind of. I don't want to say refreshing in that sense. It's just weird. But no, it's why I, I think it's, it, it's getting rid of that stigma a little bit. It's fighting against like that poop is a bad thing or whatever. I, that, you know I what don't I mean? think it's that deep. I think they went, this is a movie that we're aiming at boys. Well, how do we make boys laugh? Poop jokes. I guess that's fair. Cause yeah, like this is, <laughs> and honestly I was kind of thinking through this, like what, what, what part of this is really for kids? Cause a lot of these, higher brow jokes yeah aren't aimed for them and all they're left with is poop jokes because the rest of it is just action adventure the magma has solidified in the bowels of the volcano effectively blocking the exit i got the same problem with sauerkraut 
Hold on. Back up. But I do like the literal interpretation of fireflies. Yes, that was I thought cool. that was funny. Yeah. It felt very Terry Pratchett, very mm. Discworld. Okay. But they're fireflies, so they actually light things on fire. Along with Mrs. Packard sleeping in the nude, here's where I had the note. Uh, Dr. Sweet can crack my back anytime he wants. Oh, something wrong with your neck? Oh, yeah. I must have heard it when... Ah, ah. Better? Yeah. Hey, I just learned how to do that. And a Arapaho medicine man. Get out of here. Born and raised with him. My father was an army medic. He settled down in the Kansas Territory after he met my mother. No kidding. Nope. I got a sheepskin from Howard U and a bear skin from old Ironcloud. Once Agreed. a week. Jim Varney gets gets burnt on the on the behind. Oh yeah. Or as he mentioned, or as Cookie says, my sit upon. All right, who's not dead? Sound off. I didn't know I had Dang, lightning bugs done bit me on my sit upon. Somebody's gonna have to suck out this poison. I don't want nobody to jump up at once. My sit upon. Oh my god. That was uh so good. Again, like there's there's some gems here, but they don't quite it doesn't it doesn't make up for the fact that the story is just clunky. Yeah. It re- yeah. it really doesn't. And I mean as a kid, rose-colored glasses, yeah. all of that, I can see how as a child if this was in your wheelhouse, you were at the right age, I could see how you would enjoy this movie. But maybe that's but it. it was just not, a little and, too and old. And I'm not it, that could be what the case is, but again, the jokes aren't aimed no. at children or even teenagers for Speaking that. Speaking like they meet they meet Kita, and the first thing Mole says to her is voulez-vous. This is linguam romai. Parlez-vous français? Oui, monsieur. They speak my language. Pardon, mademoiselle. Voulez-vous? I like her. Hmm. About time someone hit him. I'm just sorry it wasn't me. And all of us who've heard Lady Marmalade before know that he's asking her if she wants to fuck. Yeah. Which is why she decks him. But uh, the How kids in the kid? audience aren't going to get that. No. And they're just going to see. Yeah. They're, they're not going to understand what, what's happening there. Like they get it. The stinky dirt man is already creepy. You don't also need to make him a sex pest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they they finally uh, or they get separated or whatever because that bridge breaks, and then they they meet up with Princess uh, Kida, yeah, who just happens to speak English. Well, they kind of like find it. In, they they halfway explain it. They kind of do, that, but like, like their language they, is proto and sure. But how did? There's no way that they could have known how to speak English. No, there's no way. No, and so it just doesn't. Uh, to the, me, that was like okay. Anyways, they go into Atlantis. They, as you mentioned, the bridge gets blown up. Ninety-five percent of this expedition is red shirts. Like the yeah. only people left are the crew that we know and enough armed men to drive the trucks back. Uh, effectively, <laughs> yeah. And, and again, it's just like the right amount. At, at some point, you'd be like, "Hey, guys, we're all dying. Do you want to just defect?" Yes. Like I would have. You know, would have been great. Like a a a soldier coup or something between it. It would be like, "Hey, we don't want to do this anymore." Like that would have at least. Yeah, it, it, it broken up the monotony, which was, you know, make fun of Milo at every uh, every stop. And um, then I feel like we're rushed through the people and culture of Atlantis. This we is are. speaking of Wakanda. This is done so much better in Wakanda it Forever, is. which we mentioned in that they changed it to Telecon in this. It used to be Atlantis in the comics. Telecon. This whole thing is much better. But showing this underwater culture that persisted through centuries 
is achieved so much better in that film because they give it time to breathe and you give you get the time to explore. Yeah. You're not just immediately, I know how to swim, pretty girl, and diving in. Uh, uh, Kita? Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? You do swim, do you not? Oh, I swim pretty girl. Pr- pretty good, pretty good. Good, swim good, pretty good. I swim pretty good. Good. It is a fair distance. It's just, it starts to get too rushed. Yeah. The minute they can suddenly start speaking English, it gets, they're trying real hard to get to the the conflict, the major conflict. Which again, I, I would have preferred to have been happening in the background more, like it could have been more sinister. It could have been yeah. less on the nose. We knew that we knew the moment that Helga showed up on screen that all of the people that Helga was associated with were going to be bad guys. Yeah. There wasn't any ambiguity. No. And like, it just would have been better if, if that ruse had been kept up a little bit or just be a bit less ham fisted with the way that this this handled it. I also, because even Milo and Kita, I don't like, he is smitten because Presumably she's Atlantean, but also because she's gorgeous. Yeah. Which is barf. You know, it's kind of stale. Pretty much. She is mostly interested in how he can help her. They don't really have a whole lot of time to connect. Yeah. It just, it feels so rushed at this point. It does. And there's also like this weird, like mansplaining the fish vehicle to Princess Yeah, Peter, come on. Which was kind of like, come on. Come guys, on. This is nonsense. Oh yeah, I know exactly how to, come on. You've never done a crystal hole touch pad fish vehicle milo and again i understand that this is 2001 culturally we were in a different place at that time culturally i don't think we were ready for this kind of speculative fiction especially the kind that looks so strongly and harshly at american colonialism yeah that's all i got for this section you ready to go on yeah rourke and the rest of the crew have known all along of the crystal the plan having actually been to steal the crystal upon arrival Rourke fatally punches the king when he refuses to give up the location of the crystal, but Rourke then discovers the chamber regardless. Sensing the threat, the crystal merges with Kida. Rourke imprisons her in a crate, whereupon Milo convinces the crew to turn on Rourke, unwilling to be party to an innocent people's extinction. Rourke, Helga, and the soldiers start for the surface with Kida and destroy the bridge to trap the others behind. The dying king gives Milo his own crystal, explaining that he had tried to weaponize the heart, which caused the prior explosion, and the fate of his wife. He says the crystal selects a royal host when the city is in danger and begs Milo to save Atlantis and Kida, who will be lost to the crystal forever if not separated from it in time. Again, this is also rushed. It really so is. So rushed. The, the By f- now, we're almost, like, I think to the last 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, and, and again, it's this whole, like, the turn, right? Like, so oh my God, right everyone's evil. We've got a half hour left. Everybody's evil, like, you know, or, or everybody's the villain, and except for Milo. And, it's and this line from Rourke about museums. Rourke, don't do this. Academics, you never want to get your hands dirty. Think about it. If you gave back every stolen artifact from a museum, you'd be left with an empty building. We're just providing a necessary service to the archaeological community. Not interested. I gotta admit, I'm disappointed. There are active discussions happening about this now, about whether or not different museums worldwide will return artifacts to cultures. I don't think most audiences were ready to have that discussion 20 years ago. 
No, because they're still in the Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum. Yeah. Like that's, that's where people still felt like that's where things antiquities belong. Because right. they didn't, again, it's one of those things where. Well, I, and even that's not necessarily, see, I think Indiana Jones would have felt that it belonged in a museum in the country of origin. Yes. And that's, and that's, I think the, the, the big part, which is the difference because you the Rosetta wanna... stone does not need to be in London. No, it should be back in wherever Babylon. And if your country doesn't was. have that many artifacts, well, God, like start doing something. Also. And that's <laughs> the thing. I feel like maybe England just ran out yeah. or got bored because like, the Romans were there once you got put, they're still digging shit up in England. Yeah. But like Canada, what have you done for me lately? You know what I mean? What earth are you talking? About? I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. You leave America's hat alone. <laughs> oh, I do like that. Dr. Sweet was mm. kind of like redeeming himself. Uh, a oh, he bit starts he, questioning the mission. A bit. Oh, almost. Yeah. Like uh, the moment that he sees people that are suffering when he sees the king get punched. Yeah. He's he goes into doctor mode. Where's the crystal chamber? You will destroy yourselves. Maybe I'm not being clear. Oh. This was not a part of the plan. Plans change, Doc. I'd suggest you put a bandage on that bleeding heart of yours. It doesn't suit a mercenary. When Princess Kita started walking on the water like Jesus. It was very, it was, she, she is risen. She is rising. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was very. But I have a problem. A problem. I, I, yes. They basically took one of the, you know, strong female characters that was in this movie and then put her in a box and then trapped her in that for the entire conflict. And for me, yes. that was Ah, uh, man. It, it's kind of explainative. Disney, Disney wouldn't do that now. No. And uh, it, I'm glad that we're past that. But again, that's again one of the things where it's just like, eh, this movie just doesn't really, like, uh Right. If the crystal was, was merging with a royal blood because it was a protective thing, why is she not then just instantly killing everyone? That's what I was going to say. She should be fucking like Dr. Manhattan walking through this and just yeah. willing people out of existence. You know Basically. what I mean? Yeah. Meanwhile, the, I, the one thing that caught me off guard when those faces, the, the faces of the past kings <laughs> yeah. expanded was that chorus that happened. It's just like, oh, do they do they have choir practice in there? <laughs> yeah, it was it was nonsense. Uh, um, and yeah, she comes out all blue, and that was you know again. But it it, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, this is rad. What's going to happen? Nothing. And then immediately gets fucking captured. She walks into a box. She's not even she captured. Walks, yeah, she walks into the box entirely on her own free will. I, that said, I love that Milo's guilt trip works. On everybody except Helga, obviously. Yeah. Who's just excited about money. I guess this is how it ends, huh? Fine. You win. You're wiping out an entire civilization, but hey, you'll be rich. Congratulations, Audrey. Guess you and your dad will be able to open up that second garage after all. And Vinny, you, you can start a whole chain of flower shops. I'm sure your family's going to be very proud. But that's what it's all about, right? Money. 
Get off your soapbox, that You've read Darwin, it's called natural selection. So much more exposition that happens as they go, all right, we're gonna steal this bitch and blow you guys, blow you guys, blow the bridge so that you're all left here. Ha ha, take that. And even Mrs. Packard's just like, she's fatalistic as fuck at this point. She's never gonna get to call her friend again. Yeah. We're all gonna die. The kink's dying and he's just like, wait a minute. No, there's more to the story. It's like, really? You got to tell me more? Yeah. And you got to tell it to me? Yeah, it's nonsense. I also had a problem with them giving, or, you know, basically John Smithing Milo and giving him a crystal and doing all that. And it's just like, yeah, this crystal belonged to your father and you're going to choose someone that you don't know to try to save Atlantis when you have able people. Yeah, enough hasn't happened for the king to make this turn, even if he's dying. No. We would have cared more if we somehow knew the risks more, or if maybe that was something that he had discovered, that it's it's a volatile entity or something, and, oh, no, this is the actual, like, it's just, or, it's, it's, it's or weird. Or just like they did in Strange World, where, uh, uh, where his father was just trapped in... Atlantis or oh, something that like that cool if it had been his grandfather right that would have been I could have then uh, there could have been a little bit more there but the father just served as a as a this is why Milo is doing and why are you going to spend that much money on lawyer Nimoy if you're not going to use him exactly this is what I'm saying yeah um as she was becoming the crystal the note that I had was it kind of looks like those diagrams of a sperm entering an egg from biology class oh no yeah um <laughs> That's the, one, that's the last note I had for this section. That's all I got, too. Let's take this home. Milo and the crew rally the Atlanteans to reactivate their flying machines and pursue the mercenaries. Rourke and Helga escape with Kida, and Rourke betrays Helga, throwing her from the balloon to hasten their ascent. As she lays injured, she shoots the airship, containing Kida's crate while Rourke and Milo fight, with the bullet damaging the airship. While the airship over the heart burns, Milo slashes Rourke with a crystal-charged shard of glass, turning Rourke into a crystal monster before being shattered by the airship's propellers, killing him in the process. The airship awakens the volcano as it crash lands. Milo and the rest flee back to Atlantis with Kida, who, still merged with the crystal, rises into the sky and awakens ancient stone guardians who rise from the flooded portion of Atlantis, creating a dome to protect it from the lava flow. Once the danger is neutralized, the crystal returns Kida alive to Milo. Milo stays behind in Atlantis, as the rest return to the surface, each with their own Atlantean crystals and a portion of the treasure. During the film's epilogue, Whitmore reviews photographs of the adventure taken by Mrs. Packard, but makes the others swear to secrecy to preserve Atlantis' safety. In the stack of photos, Whitmore also finds a note from Milo and an Atlantean crystal. A lot happens in the last 15 minutes of this movie. Really? Too much happens. Yeah. But you did make the comment about them needing to get to the top of the shaft quickly. Things are getting good. Eddie, heads up! We can't let her reach the top of that shaft! Oh, yeah. I love the shaft. Yeah, yeah you're like, a big fan of the shaft. I am, you know, I... I, I Sometimes you take your time on the shaft. Sometimes yeah. you, you deal with the shaft quickly. I mean, really, it's just about kind of like, you know, in this, like, they blow the top off the shaft. That's yeah. my goal. That's my goal. They blow the top off the shaft, and then eventually the whole thing erupts. Yeah. Which, as this shows, can be dangerous unless you've got a nice solid barrier 
to protect your eggs from being invaded by sperm. Oh my god! Sorry, I got dis- I got distracted. Oh, okay. The air fight is kind of fun. It is, but there's there's something wrong. Like I I was watching it going. This is objectively neat. Mm-hmm. Why don't I care? <laughs> because we don't care. We don't care about any of the characters truly at this point. We have no reason to. No one has overrisen an arc we've got and it's still the white people finding out new shit about these vehicles yeah because Vinny's like oh look it shoots lightning yeah <laughs> it's just yeah it's it's so it's so stupid and Mark like, is a scary villain though like he he really gets fucking terrifying in this moment Kevin. And it makes me wonder if more of this were tighter, would we be more scared of Rourke right now? That's the thing is I feel like they could have done that. I, I feel like by making everyone the villain, which they kind of did, and then have this weird change of heart like at the last second. Yeah. I can understand that maybe a they couple of them. They should have slowly affected. like started to like him more. Yeah. But it was so clunky. It really was. And we didn't have a lot of one-on-one time between Milo and the and these other guys to really no build out anything. and if we had seen like Rourke and Helga plotting if we had felt like Milo was in danger more the entire time we might be more concerned yeah and then once he realizes the danger caring about this discovery yeah that's when he like I, I feel like was, that's what they were trying to do but it didn't come off very effectively at all well yeah because it could have been a little bit more subtle again I, I honestly think it could have been more subtle with with how the villains were introduced because again, it's always to assume that like the captain's got some sort of other plans going on to the, you know, wide eyed scientist, whatever we've seen yeah. this trope hundreds of times, but like, I just, I wish that they could have made that feel a bit more again, that, that turn feel a bit more sinister. It just didn't. It felt like, okay, finally we got to the turn. Like yes, that's, that's where we knew I was, it was like, coming. yeah, we, it, so it wasn't really as a turn as much as it was like, Okay, you know, like how you you're you're driving on the highway and you see a bunch of signs. Like we were seeing signs for like four miles that yeah. there was going to be this turn. Yes, and then we get to the turn, and then it's just, just all right. A, we just turned. A, it's just a it, it's just a, like a brisk left. Like, like there's not yeah nothing. Is this our off ramp? I mean, effectively. Uh, this escape scene looks like it was animated with a video game in mind, which we find out there was a video there game. There was later. a video game. And, and I honestly, it feels like this is sort of like a commercial, like commercially, I feel like they were really trying to tee up a bunch of uh, Disney interactive books, things like that. They were really trying to build it out. And uh, there's more in the trivia about like what their plans were. Yeah. Um, but like, eh, again, if you don't execute the first thing, well, no one's going to give a fuck. Yeah. Like, uh. like, and that's one of the things I feel like we touch on this every now and then people, especially critics will complain about trends and IPs and franchises mm-hmm. and how it dilutes cinema and yada, 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 yada. There has been popular cinema that has made money outside of the theater itself for decades, almost a century. Like, 
people would go to the movies to watch serials. Like it was, mm-hmm. I mean, we just saw Shazam as this was recorded. We just saw Shazam Fury of the Gods today at the draft house. And they do lots of informational pre-roll stuff for some of this stuff. Oh yeah. And at one point, uh, Shazam, AKA Captain Marvel, DC's Captain Marvel was the, one of the most popular characters in the country. Yeah. And, and like the entire sto- comic book storylines of like it's, it's influenced American storytelling culture. So you can't just dismiss it, but you mm-hmm. also can't just focus on that part, the success part, the reason stories like that become the reason like George Lucas was so smart to snag the merchandising and all the licensing oh, yeah. or whatever for star Wars is because it was still a really solidly told story. I mean, it, yes, I, it was basically the searchers in space, but like, you know, it, it, it would definitely was, technologically and 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 they they spent the time to build it out on that and the story yes and not the other things lucas knew that'll come right he didn't have a, yeah exactly and he knew he knew exactly what they were going for and honestly this movie just seems like disney was just like hey we need a new we need a property that can do these things and man this wasn't it no uh, man mrs packard has a camera somehow yeah. kita got her bracelet back from Crystal light mommy. I don't understand Crystal it. Crystal light mommy. Crystal light mommy does not have her face up there. No. But Crystal dead daddy gets his face up there. Yeah. Again, the misogyny. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the bracelet coming back was cute. Uh, uh, I, I like that, like, again, Milo decided to stay. Milo gets a tattoo. <laughs> Milo a- gets a tattoo. <laughs> I mean. See, this is what, like. It's it's basically some of our friends who really like this movie were nerdy teenage girls yeah. who wanted nerdy teenage boys to save the day and also maybe get a tattoo. Like I could feel <laughs> I can understand where some of our mutual friends really dug Milo and this film. He's he's pulling like a Sully and and fucking Avatar. He's doing something. <laughs> yes, but I I am here to tell you all. I'm sorry. This story is poorly told. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I did like the lizard birds. Those were fun. Lizard birds were fun. The ending was kind of sweet. I like them all at, at Whitmore's at the end being all rich and like, Oh no, nothing happened. <laughs> like that's fun. Yeah. But getting here was such a slog. And again, only 96 minutes. How do you, how do you make that feel long? Yeah, you don't. It's just, ew. and where are all the Atlanteans flying at the, in the end? They're yeah. still trapped under the earth. They're just flying in a circle. Did they just discover the concept of suburbs now that they have private <laughs> vehicles? Uh, I don't have anything else except that I need a clip of this end credit music. Oh, yeah. They'll try to hold you back. And they will say you're wrong. But they will never understand the journey that you're on. And who was it by again? Maya. I, Maya, yeah. <laughs> it's a good game. Diane Warren. <laughs> That that was Atlantis, the Lost Empire. It was. It had a budget of something between ninety and one hundred and twenty million. Sometimes these are hard to nail down with Disney, and it yeah. made one hundred and eighty-six million, which is either good or mediocre, depending on how much they spent on it. Yeah, because if you made double your money, great. But if you only made 
uh, 50% over. Eh. But it also got not great reviews. Uh, it got a, a 49% from uh, critics and a 54% from viewers. Roger Ebert actually liked it. I did. I, I pulled this out because it's like, hey, Ebert, he, he's got us here. And honestly, I kind of agree a little bit with what he's what he was saying here. Uh, so Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sometimes uh, said... <laughs> It's like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea set free by animation to look the way it dreamed of looking. Agreed. Why didn't they just make that movie? I, yes, exactly. Um, Rita Kempley from the Washington Post said a new fashioned but old, but old fangled hash. Sure. She was 1.5 out of 5. Yeah, she was not. She was, Rita was not nice to this. Uh, some of the viewer scores. So I tried to click back as far as I could go before sure. I, uh, my finger fell off because I was like on page 100 and it was yeah. just nonsense. Anyways, from 2007 and also these weirdly didn't have uh, usernames. I don't know what's going up with website. So uh, anyways, a user from 2007 gave it one and a half stars saying I used to like Michael J. Fox. That's rough. In 2007. <laughs> Uh, also in 2007, five stars. I loved this movie ever since I was a little kid. I just bought it yesterday. <laughs> and I'm sorry, that word is science. Ever science. Yes. <laughs> I loved this movie ever science. I was a little kid. I just bought it yesterday. <laughs> Good for you, sweetie. Bless. Uh, another person from 2007 uh, gave it two and a half stars and said it was good back in the day. Except, no, that's not how this works. Your but, perception of it was different back in the day. But I'm sorry. Six years ago was back in the day? That too. <laughs> that too. Oh. And then a recent one from March 23rd, 2020. This is a pandemic opinion, so you take it with a great salt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Five stars. Loved it. The visuals were stunning, and it was great to see the amount of diversity in the characters as well. That's something we didn't mention. Yes, and I meant, and, and that's what I meant to actually bring up with uh, specifically Ms. Dr. Sweet. Yeah. Like he's uh, a speaking black African American character that in two thousand one in two thousand one and Disney the character film. is actually himself biracial because his mother was an Arapaho exactly uh, Native American and I, and honestly that was great and it was uh, and again it wasn't it wasn't he, there were no jokes made at his expense there, there were no jokes any... made about anyone's ethnicity or national origin yeah. mm -hmm. unless you count just the Frenchman being dirty. <laughs> Which, Which fine. I mean, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to all of our listeners in France. Uh, this one did have a username. Uh, David R uh, gave it five stars, saying, uh, "Beautiful movie. Even with a not so well written story, it has a lovely animation and art." Sure. Which I agree with. Yeah. Yeah. No notable awards. We got some trivia. Walk us through it, Clance. Got it. So the first one was uh, a deleted scene that was on Disney Plus. We we watched it. You can watch it. It's there. Um, and so originally the movie was supposed to start with a Viking ship getting overtaken by the Leviathan, um, and then it was going to smash to Milo. For some reason, the writers and or producers or whoever was. It's not some reason. He talks about it before the scene. He the did. reason is that another another their story producer editor. Somebody came in and was just like, we need to see Atlantis sooner and in this movie. Like I was I wasn't interested by the time I got there. But again. So they solved it by putting a prologue for Atlantis and then not visiting back to those people for 40 minutes. Like they saw no. this is what we were saying earlier. And it's not even the same people. It's the one young kid. Yeah. And then of course the father, which is now older, but like it again, it, it just doesn't. And cares? because we see it first, we know it exists. 
why not spend some of this time intercutting and make it about the two of them discovering each other and discovering that each other has what the other needs. And that's the connection. Make it a story about both. Yeah, of them. I would have honestly liked, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. There's not really a clock in this movie. No. Um, and I feel like that's what was kind of missing was uh, a stakes of something impending happening. Like maybe it was a volcano eruption or something. And if you were cutting between uh, Princess uh, uh, Kita, Princess Kita and Milo, Princess Kita trying to prevent this volcano and Milo trying to discover Atlantis, those two things could have worked yeah, together. That's what I'm yeah. And if they both had problems, the other had to solve. This would have been a lot more interesting. Yeah. And honestly, it's just like they showed up and suddenly they were just like, oh, we can't, uh, you know, first they were going to murder them. And then suddenly they were just, they rolled over. Like, yeah. It's just dumb. Because this was planned out as an action adventure movie, the production crew wore t-shirts that read Atlantis, fewer songs, more explosions. Also another problematic thing. Yeah. Because again, if you would have gotten an Elton John song during <laughs> the uh, montage, this movie would have been better. So I, I think ill conceived from the get. That's sure. where I'm at. Um, at around 13 minutes, Michael gets seasick on on the ship. Uh, Michael J. Fox improvised the line about him uh, barfing carrots. Yeah, because Michael J. Fox is allergic to carrots. Yeah, I just thought it was fun. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's also one of the last Disney films that features a character smoking. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. It hadn't really clicked for me that that had been removed from from sort of a character identifiers and Disney films but also I think that's that's a, a very strong point against cultural change at one point you could not have imagined media that did not feature smoking because everybody smoked right and now media doesn't allow it and you can't smoke most places pretty much uh, in 2002, when the uh, submarine voyage attraction at Disneyland was uh, closed down, um, there was room. There was rumors and uh, that they were going to theme it after Atlantis. But mm. when critics reviews and the movie didn't do very well, they scrapped those plans. <laughs> it held off until <laughs> Finding Nemo came out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Team Atlantis was the proposed long lost television series to be developed by Walt Disney Television Animation as a follow up to this film. But due to the disappointing box office take for it, the series was canceled a third of the way through production. Three episodes had been partially completed and would be redirected into the direct-to-video sequel, Atlantis, Milo's Return. That makes sense. Yes, and that's what I was like, because we we had mentioned, we were reading through this when we, at the, when we were doing the research for this, and uh, I say research, <laughs> we looked it up on Wikipedia. I was surprised that there was a, a sequel to this. I was too. Um, but it makes sense. They were trying to do a TV series. They didn't, weren't able to do it. And then they just made the three episodes into a movie. Oh, Bomb. bless them. Uh, but they were planning on trying to do three other sequels to this movie. Uh, originally, that was the, one of their plans, un including this television series. Mm. So, you know, it, again, it just sort of goes to inform that this was more about capitalism uh, than it was about storytelling. Which is kind of the focus of the story yeah if they actually read the script of their own film they might have been able to make they might have realized that it was not going to make them money i wonder if that was what the writers were like i know what we're just gonna subvertly like i don't know we're gonna shit can this film anyways uh if it's not immediately clear eh. yeah 
It's all right. I'll, I'll watch Shazam Fury of the Gods again before I watch this again. Yeah, I feel like if, if this were, <laughs> if somebody was really enthusiastic about this movie and was just like, hey, I need to show you this. And, and I just wanted to know why. Maybe I'd watch it with you, but uh, I don't think I'll ever see this movie again. No, no. Sorry. Sorry about it. And look, we hope you don't take it personally when we give uh, uh, our perhaps uh, conflicting opinions on your favorite pieces of media. But if you've got your thoughts that you want to share with us, Clancy, where can they do that? Um, they can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at nonplusspod. Yes. They could also email us at submissions at nonpluspod.com uh, and give us an earful. Last time I said I hadn't noticed that we'd got, or I had noticed that we hadn't gotten any reviews on Spotify. Apparently you could only do it on mobile. I don't know. It's a whole oh, thing. Oh, that's stupid. Do, okay. I apologize if I've, if I've, <laughs> if I gave anybody agita over being upset about lack of reviews somewhere. But you know what? It does help us out. So we appreciate the effort. Yeah. Also, patreon.com slash making mischief. That's where you can get uh, Patreon bonus content from all the shows all over the network. Um, other than that, I'm good. You good? I'm good. All right. Well, that over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And we are non plus. Very much about this movie. Yeah. This is one yep. of the. You Under know, this the is, sea. This is what the, the format is. Under the sea. Darling, it's boring when it's the story under the sea. Did you see that trailer? That crab looks fucking scary. I haven't seen the new trailer. I will watch that and we'll report back next time. Yay. All right. Bye. You said we didn't want to be too goofy in this, and here yeah, you hey, are. <laughs> I am not the one who said clitoris. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe have some better, like maybe there was a Wakandan outreach program or whatever, <gasps> you know, something like that. But like, uh, you've got to stop calling this Wakanda because you're literally whitewashing Wakanda. With oh my that. god, that is their skin and their hair. Oof. How dare you? How sorry. dare you? All right. Um, We've lost our one black listener. I know, right? <laughs> oh. Okay, I gotta put a marker. Don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers. Bye. Bye.